0: What's the best way to choose a therapist to work with? So this is a really good question, and it's a very important one. Very often we'll be told to you know, seek professional advice, get personal support. I did it just a moment ago. Mm-hmm. I recommended that if you have something you're working on, that it's great to be able to get guidance online. But, of course, when it comes to particularly more complex cases or specific guidance, there's nothing like a bit of personal support to help you with that. And you see this all the time. It's like the difference between trying to get fit from reading a book versus having a personal trainer. Now, you know you mightn't be able to have a personal trainer every day of the week, that's absolutely fine. You might just go occasionally, it might be something you do a little bit of work on, but that alone can be helpful to help you clarify your perspective, to maybe put a routine and a program together that even if you can't have a personal trainer every day of the week, still with that initial guidance, then actually you can get a lot more from your own workouts while you're doing it at home. And good therapeutic support, I think, is something very similar. You know, Some people are going to be in a position to do much more work and some people much less and some people just need more or less work. It, it of course, varies. But very often, the most important part of the process is kind of project management. It's where you just kind of step back and and get a bit of support in saying, well, what do I actually need to work on? And maybe what isn't as big a priority for me right now? Where can I best put my attention? And what are good techniques or good approaches I can use to build support? And what are other support systems that I can put in place as well, so that I can be getting a lot done uh, in a way that has some decent leverage. So that sounds good, but then how do you choose somebody to work with? You know, and sometimes it happens that you you just Google it and you <laughs> go with the first person, or sometimes you kind of roll the dice and just choose somebody randomly, or sometimes you have a recommendation and that that can be helpful at times too. So some of the practical considerations when choosing a therapist to work with, one of the most obvious ones is qualifications, both in terms of what their academic qualifications are, how much experience they have. Uh, what associations they're a member of, and this is going to vary regionally, what types of associations are there, whether there's statutory regulations, and maybe there's a board that certifies therapists, the practice, so this varies massively from place to place. But the good thing is it's usually pretty easy to find that out just by doing a little bit of online searching, and you'll see some guidance there that says, look, here's the kind of the basic qualifications you should be looking out for, and here are some of the key considerations. That they're appropriately insured, etc. Now, in jurisdictions where there are either statutory regulation or good, well established associations, normally being a member of one of those associations is going to carry at least some weight because they're going to make sure there's insurance in place in order to allow renewal, etc. But again, that varies massively, and sometimes association membership is. Something that's optional, and sometimes they're better associations than others. Not that even they're bad, but just in terms of how thorough they are in vetting members. But again, a little bit of simple searching before you start looking at individual therapists can at least give you some sense of you know what some of the options are. Now, the other consideration here then that's important is specialization, and. You know, you could have somebody who's deeply specialized in one thing, but maybe not in the particular area that you need support in. Now, therapy is an interesting thing because sometimes that matters more than others. Because, you know, sometimes the problem is that in therapy, you need to have more of a systemic focus and you need to be able to spin a number of plates at once. So part of the problem, and this is true very much in the type of practice I do, Part of the problem is if you have a hyper-specialization, sometimes as a therapist, that may be good in some circumstances, but it can actually be a problem in other circumstances. Because it's not uncommon for somebody to walk into my consultancy room, to land on the couch and to say, oh, God, John, I've got, you know, like 20 or 30 things here. Uh, I don't have brochures really anymore. Everything's online now. But I remember when I used to have paper brochures, people coming in with like, you know, half of the things I worked with circled and say, you know, <laughs> it's sort of all of the above here. So sometimes that's part of the beauty of therapy is that it can create room to kind of deal with the messiness of all of these things. And don't worry if that's you, because that's not uncommon. It's just very often the case that. A challenge in one area like if you have problems with sleep that might affect energy levels the next day which in turn can affect motivation which might affect relationships you know can affect food and eating these things can be really circular and cyclical so sometimes it's a bit hard for therapists to say okay here's specifically what I do but that being said we'll still have clusters of areas that we specialize in and uh also specializations, not just in topic areas like stress or anxiety or depression or relationships or whatever else it might be, but also specializations in terms of approach. You know, some therapists are more uh, more couples counseling or family therapy, which of course is going to be a specialization. If you have a, a group of you that need a bit of support, then that's going to be well worth looking at. Uh, Other therapists might focus more, like for example, I focus a lot on applied methods. So using simulation, visualization, uh, mindfulness exercises of various descriptions and being more applied. Uh, All therapy is applied, of course, but there's degrees of it. I like to think of what I do as like attending physiotherapy, but for the mind. So it's quite applied and, you know, it's quite kind of solution focused in that way. But maybe that's not the most appropriate thing for a person who actually would rather kind of more sessions, but to really take the time to just talk, and talking is the main focus. It's not as uh, applied or engaged like a physiotherapy style approach. And of course, all therapies have aspects of each because all talking therapies usually have some form of applied methods or action points attached to them. And also then when you are being uh, action orientated, of course, a lot of talking has to happen to clarify what action to use. So just questions of degree. But, you know, you might know for yourself, though, you're specifically looking for something. So then looking for that in terms of specialization and experience with a therapist can, can be really useful. So. If you've lined up things reasonably well in terms of qualifications, insurance, association, membership, you know, hopefully you have found some good guidance in your area for that. Uh, and if, you know, specialization wise, you know, well, roughly they they focus in the area that I'm interested in. And again, you might have a few topic areas that are interconnected. That's usually not a problem in therapy. But you know that just broadly they have an interest in that specialization. Then... The interesting question is compatibility because I like to use this example of going to the cinema. If you go to the cinema and you go to see a film which is very well made, very well directed, very high quality production. But if it's a a Western and if you don't like Westerns, if you like comedies or vice versa, there's still going to be a compatibility issue here. It's not good enough for it to be a very high quality film. And something similar, I think, is true in therapy. So this applies both to the style of the therapy itself, but also applies to the therapist themselves and kind of what they're about and what their mood is. And it's a bit like relationships of any description, I suppose, whether it's friendship or whether it's working relationship with colleagues or any other kind of relationship, that there are different ways that people gel. And It's not necessarily that there's a right or a wrong way, and it's also, if we use that example of physical fitness again, you know, some people really like a kind of a boot camp style approach where somebody's almost shouting orders at them. However, that, of course, is completely consensual because they've gone and they've asked for that approach, and that's really what they want. And some people really like that. They like to be told to do 20 push-ups, and they like that style. Whereas other people like something which is much slower, more meditative, and really giving them space and breathing room and working on that level uh, at a different pace. So, you know, as long as you're choosing which method it is and as long as it's ethical, it's all good, really. These are just different styles, different communication styles and different methods. And you probably know from your own experience what kind of mode you want to be in. Now, I think most therapists, any decent therapist, is still going to be very much attuned to what you need and adjusting and calibrating the approach based on your needs. However, like anything else, there are specializations and there are certain types of clients that work well with certain types of therapists. And, you know, I know it can be hard to know that in advance, but at least if you're reflecting a little bit on OK, you've got somebody who's qualified. Roughly, what's the topic area? Have they got some specialization there? And then you're asking yourself, well, what style of person do I actually work with best? You know, and that, that, that's, that's an open question. Now, having asked all those questions, you still mightn't be 100% sure. And that is completely OK. And, you know, speaking as a therapist who's every day getting in inquiries and requests, you know, can you work with me or can you help me with this? Is, is the style of work you do, is it fit for what I need? You know, I certainly speak for any of my colleagues that I know, and I speak for myself when I say that those are completely fair questions. You're not expected to have it all figured out before the therapy. Arguably, if you have it all figured out, you don't need the therapy. That's the whole point is we're trying to make sense of what's happening. So you can do your basic homework to, again, find roughly what the style of therapist is that you're interested in. But once you've done a little bit of research, a little bit of reflection, what I like to do, and I do this myself whenever I'm seeking to work with a professional, is just try and maybe write a a very brief summary of what it is you actually want. And that's a very useful therapeutic exercise anyway, even aside from finding a therapist. You know, just keeping it as brief as possible, not because a therapist won't mind necessarily going into it in more depth. Of course, that's what will happen in the process anyway. But more for your own clarity to kind of say, what, what, what's the key here, really? What are the essential points here of, you know, where am I coming from? What's happening? Where do I want to go? What am I hoping to achieve? And then any guidance you have as to kind of what sort of approach you're looking for. And part of that is, of course, just choosing who you communicate with to begin with. So if you can do that, it doesn't have to be perfect at all, but just that little summary. And actually, keep it quick is usually a good guideline. Don't spend ages trying to make this thing perfect. This is just a a quick reflective exercise to clarify where you're coming from, what you're looking for, maybe how you can be best supported as far as you know that. And then a really useful thing to do is just get in touch with a number of therapists who You know as far as you can see are qualified and you've done that research and who are uh, a match for kind of the style of work roughly they specialize or work in that area as far as you can see again you can clarify further but just in that first instance as far as you can see. And when you reach out you're going to find then that you know people get back and they've if you've emailed them or if you've messaged them online, some therapists like me, we do an online consultation first or other people do it by phone or it doesn't matter. You know, you you can do it either way. I do a combination of things myself. But when you get in touch in whatever form it is, they're going to get back, whether it's over the phone or whether it's by email or in any other means. And they're going to, you know, give you a bit of feedback on what you've said. They're going to give you a bit of information about programs and just how it all works. And by that alone, you can often get a good feeling is, you know, is is this the style of, of method that you want? And the other thing is I do some supervision work as well, where I work with therapists who are setting up practices and I help them in their practice. And I really encourage them as much as possible to communicate, to put up videos, to write articles, to put audio online, because that way you get a feel and a sense of what they're like as practitioners. So already, you know, yeah, like that, that kind of resonates with me, that kind of style, or no, maybe not fair enough. They do that, but maybe I'm looking for something else. And the thing is for any good therapist, you know, there, there are plenty of people that need support. So we're very happy to refer to each other. There's no problem there. So, you know, if you do have a, a series of requests and I for example feel it's not my thing I say maybe you know this other type of therapist could be a good match and vice versa you know we take in referrals then all the time so it's all very easygoing usually in that sense but you can probably be feel it for yourself then as you enter into that communication whether it feels right for you and of course you can take the further step then and you can go and you can attend a session or more and see how that feels too Because again, the goal really needs to be, what is a fit for your overall wellness? And to some degree, you can know that in advance, but to some degree, you won't. And you need to just kind of research that and figure it out as you go along. So by actually doing therapy, you'll kind of feel what the process is like and think, okay, this is a good match. Maybe this isn't. And again, any decent therapist is going to have no problem with very honest conversations about that. So don't ever be worried about attending a therapist and then realizing, oh, maybe this isn't a perfect fit for me. That's much less likely if you've taken some of the steps we've talked about first. And maybe if you've looked at a bit of online content or you've made contact first, much, much less likely. But if you do do find it's not a match and it doesn't feel quite right, it's absolutely fine to say, you know what? Maybe this isn't a fit for me. What do you think? The therapist will say, "Well, maybe it is a fit, but maybe we need to change your approach, or maybe it isn't a fit. Yeah, um, maybe let's look at what other options could be a fit for you, and in that way, you can you know make decent progress." So, these hopefully are ideas that help spark your own imagination as to how you can get support when you need it. My intention here is not to complicate things by talking about all of these ideas. It's more to make it feel that it's something that you can kind of jump into and feel a bit more empowered to find that support and to give you a few ideas and a few guidelines. But generally, the best thing to be doing is something, you know, even if it isn't perfect, because as you move forward, you learn a huge amount in the process of moving forward rather than sometimes stopping and waiting. And, you know, then time goes by and change isn't happening, which can be unfortunate. So what's your experience with this? Uh, how, How did you find a therapist or any professional in fact that you work with feel free to leave some suggestions in the comments because you know we all need to call on professionals whether it's accountants or legal advisors or financial planners or therapists or medical practitioners so you know we're all in that position from time to time and it's not always an easy thing to do sometimes the recommendation that can be a really good strategy but of course you've got the problem of personal compatibility Sometimes, even with a recommendation, they might be a good practitioner, but they might have a different style that maybe your friend really likes, but maybe that's not your thing or vice versa. So still a very good starting point, I think, to research it further. Uh, But yeah, do share your experience. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe, and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments on social media using hashtag bodymindself or on jfl.com.